Hello and welcome to another episode of the IFC's Magician's Call. We have another great episode for you. In this episode, we will join Lance Allred and Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai, who will discuss different archetypes and the Magician's Archetype. It's a great discussion and we can't wait for you to hear it. If you want to support the IFC's Magician's Call podcast, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al-Samurai, take it away. Welcome back to another episode of The Magician's Call. I am Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai, and my companion is Lance Allred, and we are going to take you on a journey to see if you know your archetype and to see if you know the magician's archetype. So we're going to be talking about those things and some other things and find out what Lance has been doing these days and what he would like to talk about. So, without further ado, Lance, what's been going on? Good to be back. Thanks for having me. I have been just quietly sitting and reflecting and working on um, more archetypal explorations. And, you know, as I journey through the archetypes and sit with each one, um, really coming to know, you know, which part of the body, which spirit animal, you know, which crystal gem, other things like which um, body chemical. Uh, or the ones that activate the archetypes within us and doing those kind of explorations and that's where I have been as you've been traveling I've been kind of grounding myself hiding out of my home and exploring some of these things and um, it's been interesting do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about some of those discoveries you don't have to share too much I know that you're writing a book so I don't want you to like but Uh, maybe like a a yeah, story let's, let's explore so you know the magician can be pretty broad yes you know there are sub magicians there's the druid there's the sorcerer there's the wizard Correct. a magician is anyone that's able to tap into the mystical or magical powers or cosmic powers that defy 3d physics Correct. and so the magician is a very broad overarching but the magician itself um the spirit animal would be the toad the toad is camouflaged the toad hides out in the woods as a kid playing in the wilderness in montana dry as all gets out sometimes but when the rain comes the toads would emerge in the forest um because when the rain comes that's when most people hide that's when they go out that's when the magician can finally come and the toad is able to transform transmute um and bend itself and contort itself into many shapes and sizes to get to interesting places so toad energy if you have found yourself drawn to toads or toads always emerge and you find them in curious places toads have always popped up on my radar um, wherever i go and i see toads and i have found that to be very interesting um the uh the the body part, the psychosomatic part of the body that aligns with the magician is the left ischium bone, which mm. is the circular bone at the bottom of the hip that creates the pocket um, where, the, where the hip joint, the ball joint is able to be mm. pocketed and move and rotate. And so left hip ischium, um, if that is an area one, if you have lots of sciatica or nerve pain running down the left side through the butt, through the left ischium there, 
um, nerve issues, that is often a sign of magician or repressed magician that is not flowing, that magic has been suppressed, that um, you are not allowing your full um, chi or oneness with the universe to flow through the body, that I have that happen to me quite a bit. Left hip sciatica is a big issue and it runs through the, the ischium. And so that has proven to me to be a reminder, okay, whenever my um, left hip issues are, are flaring up, it's quite often one, because I'm stressed, but I'm also too left brained and I am taking myself out of the magical and I'm trying to operate in basic 3D. And that's when I lose my power. That's when I lose the source there. Um, amino acid would be alanine. Um, that's a chemical in the body. Uh, it's, um, let's see, it's, it's just the proteins that uh, the amino acids need and use. Um, so alanine, you know, it's kind of hard to like go into any um, fitness shop or vitamin shop and say, I just want alanine. But there are ways, uh, dietary ways, you can get those uh, proteins into your amino acids. And that's something for people to research. Um, the reason why I explore these things is in my book of work, my body of work, I'm creating several different touch points for people who operate in different worlds um, to find commonality. So there are people whose brains function more from the scientific or the engineer. And they're gonna say, okay, the amino acid thing is interesting. There are people who operate, um, uh, you know, strictly in the body, masseuses or psychosomatic workers who are gonna recognize the left hip, they'll be interested by that. There are people who um, uh, studied the mudras and yoga positions. And so what I do, is I find the, uh, the mudra or the yoga position, for example, that activates the magician or whatever archetype I'm working on so that people are able to, wherever their frequency is at, find commonalities and recognize that this archetype transcends cultures, that it's everywhere and has different um, portals or access or entry points into this dimension. And so it's kind of like a glossary where I am able to, again, allow people to bridge their differences. Mm. Very interesting, Lance. It's very interesting work that you're doing. I was thinking about the magician archetype <clears throat> and I was thinking about, um, since I'm in the realm of the unconscious and always been in the realm of the unconscious, I was thinking about how the energy um, shows itself. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how we, um, how the magician shows themselves in the world. And do they show themselves? Like, because the magician is, um, doesn't really, is not a showster, is not like somebody who likes to go on the show. No. It's somebody who likes to stay um, hidden in the background. Yes. Um, but the trickster likes to show up. Trickster likes to show up. Toads like to stay hidden. Yeah. The trickster, the fox or the coyote. Yes. Um, loves to show up and get people's attention and get them yeah. to chase after uh, fool's gold. Yeah. Um, 
but the trickster is sacred as well the trickster right. has a lot of alignment with uh the shaman um the shaman spirit animal is the phoenix because if you have relations with native americans and my mentors in those realms uh the simple definition of a shaman is someone who suffered many deaths Ooh. and they are becoming a bridge Ooh. and that's a simple definition in this world of gentrification where people think oh if i just get a leather drum and bang it and give people ayahuasca i'm a shaman Ooh. that's not really the sacred purpose of a shaman the shaman is simply someone who's had enough deaths that is able to surrender their own ego and lay themselves down as a bridge through their own pain and their own heartbreak and their deaths that serve as a cross barrier to allow people in this realm to have access to oneness or source to have their own direct conversation with their divinity within themselves Ooh. that's the job of the shaman now a shaman is under the umbrella of the magician Ooh. Because again, any archetype that is tapping into mystical or cosmic um, magic or medicine uh, that is transcending of 3D physics is mm -hmm. someone that is in fact a magician. But the druid does it, the shaman does it, the sorcerer, the wizard, um, mm -hmm. they're all under the magician. Now the trickster is someone who also does magic but it's more decoy or distraction Ooh. and there is some mystical element to it as far as creating an illusion Ooh. to get people to go and chase after it and i will admit that that is some of my energy that when people think they're coming to my retreats they're coming to hang out with a basketball player Ooh. we're going to help them be successful worldly speaking Ooh. And then they come to my retreats and they're like, holy hell, what's going on? I thought I was hanging out with a basketball player. What is all this other shit going on here? And so there is sacred trickster, but there is also the dangerous trickster. There's uh, a shadow to every archetype. Ooh. And the dangerous trickster, again, uses magic in a deceptive way to get people to um, expose uh, their own finances or their own stability and their wealth um, in hopes of a shortcut magical shortcuts Ooh. here's the thing a real magician knows the magic is gritty Ooh. there's no shortcuts when it comes to actually manifesting and bringing in magic from the divine down to the 3d realm Ooh. it takes a lot of hard work Ooh. sweat heartbreak blood tears Ooh. Ooh. it's gritty and so when people are looking for the magical shortcuts, that's where the shadow magician is tempted to allow people to believe that they're going to bypass the heartbreak of life. But that is the essential need of resistance. Resistance, as in the 3D realm, makes us stronger. But that is also the access point where life comes in. Just as a baby's born, there's great pain, there's great resistance, there's great endurance as being built friction for life to come into this world that's magical when a baby is born that is pure magic anyone who's been in that experience knows it mm -hmm. same thing is happening whether it's a baby or your dream that you're trying to manifest it takes pain resistance and the grit to bring through to birth something into this dimension and so to your point when a magician is 
lost in the grit and the heartache mm -hmm. and what is required to bring magic into this world. They don't have time or care to be seen mm -hmm. because being seen by the world and idolized is hollow, it's shallow mm -hmm. because you're being seen by 3D eyes that are not woke mm -hmm. or awake that are usually drawn or allured by the idea of success, mm -hmm. idea of worldly riches. And that's why a lot of people chase after celebrity because they want to have access to these childish things, as the Bible would say, mm -hmm. that do not transcend into other realms. And so the magician has let go of childish things and does not see any value in them. But again, the shadow magician will is not necessarily the money the magician wants. It wants control over other people that mm -hmm. do their bidding. And that is, in fact, uh, sorcery, dark sorcery, dark magic. But the real magician, to the point you made, does not want to be seen because being seen in this dimension does not hold value as opposed to being seen in the cosmic level as far as your work of channeling. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I agree with that. I think that um, uh, we've, I've been reading uh, um, archetypal symbols and fairy tales and the number one rule is when you go into the underworld, you can't bring anything back with you. Mm. That's cheating and you can't cheat. Mm. What you can bring back is wisdom, but you can't use it for self-gain. If you use it for self-gain, then you're stealing from the gods. And if you're stealing from the gods, you create havoc for yourself. <clears throat> and so the idea of the magician is that they go into the underworld and whatever they return with, um, they return with an idea that they have to, as you said, they have to grit through to figure out how it's going to function or how it's going to work in this realm yes um that's very um whether you journey to the underworld mm. or whether you meditate and journey to upper worlds upper mm. dimensions yeah. again whichever direction you go in the multiverses yeah. perpendicular or parallel when you go to those places as you said all you can bring back is wisdom mm. and that is uh parables or fairy tales as old as time itself that is said when people gain access to quote the secret mm -hmm. or to pearls of great wisdom and they try to exploit it for their own gain yeah. that's when havoc is caused that's when people right. are led um to the dark that's where um uh idolatry that's where a lot of organized religions lose their way yeah because they lose the purity of the message most religions in their source come from the same place of course that for any religion to claim that they have the monopoly on truth is complete sacrilege because they all and when did you get to it buddha and jesus of nazareth were speaking to the same things mm. and once you get an organized religion behind well, they come you, from the same things absolutely yeah and then once you have people that have that source and that wisdom they're like oh wait how can we monetize this yeah that's where it goes awry and that's where people um are led and entrapped into confines into cults where i was definitely born and raised yeah where 
sadly, people are then turned off to the mystical, to the magical, because they think just because an organized structure, an organized structure is a religion is man-made. Yeah. And yet it's trying to harness universal truths that cannot be harnessed. Yeah. And yet they do that to exploit people. And as I said, the dark sorcery, they want to have control over the masses. So it's not necessarily the money, but they want to have power over others. And that is, I mean, we can get fully meta here. There are definitely different higher conscience uh, tribal beings that are playing different games on this planet. This planet is a chessboard of people playing several different games. Some people are playing the game for money. Some people are playing the game for power. Ooh. Some people are playing the game for wisdom and clarity. Ooh. And there's other little subtle games going on too. Ooh. But the question is, you have to ask yourself, which game am I playing? Ooh. And so when people think everyone's trying to climb up the same mountain, they're not. Ooh. Most people who are playing the game for power and money think everybody else is playing the same game. But so they get very territorial and they move into scarcity. Ooh. But once you realize, hey, I actually don't have to climb that mountain mm. what the magician does the magician says i'm not playing the game of power or money i'm actually moving to wisdom and clarity and again how do i manifest magical consciousness universal consciousness that is far more advanced and intelligent than this 3d dimension can even begin to comprehend and how am i able to birth little bits of it in my generation as that's every generation's job is to gradually introduce a little bit more of the mystical into this earthly dimension of vibrational frequency that allows the earth to continue to vibrate and grow so that it will, you know, uh, I don't want to say age or process, but upgrade, update itself to vibrate with other civilizations in the galaxy and the planet. I know this sounds totally sci-fi, but that's what the magician does is that they're able to see in different realms and they're able to see multi places at the same time. And um, just because there is the toad, that's not to say that the raven and the crow aren't strongly aligned with the magician, but that is more the druid. The druid is the one that wants to stay in the wilderness, that communes with the trees, that understands that nature itself or the actual sacred divine portals is not that the, the Druid doesn't say, oh, alien civilization doesn't exist. The Druid knows. But the Druid says alien civilizations don't come here through a plane in the sky. That's very left brain. That's very linear. Mm -hmm. It's actually the sacred portals in the wilderness, in the wild, that are open, that other dimensions are open, that other civilizations come through. Mm -hmm. That's something that as a child, um, call me crazy or whatever, with, with the silent world that I lived in, playing around in the woods, um, there are things that you just see. Mm. Well, then it's not about being crazy because what we're talking about is we're talking about the, the different realities that we experience. And we mm -hmm. experience different realities all the time. We experience a different reality when we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. We are not in our bodies anymore. We are somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, I call it the underworld or the spirit world or the other world, you're calling it the above world or the underworld, it doesn't matter. It's another world, it's another reality. And that, right. that other reality is not the same reality that you're visiting all the time. <laughs> it could be several different realities. According to the dreams that we have, we see that we are in somewhere else where time doesn't really exist. 
because right. I am in the past, I am in the present, I am in the future. I look older, I look younger, I'm acting, but I know myself throughout these ages. And I was uh, talking to one of my clients today and one of his dreams has him as the old man. Uh, at first he meets the old man and he wants to meet the young man. And as the dream goes on, he ends up working in a garden. And after he finishes working in the garden and fixing the garden, he ends up being the old man. So he transforms into the old man. Uh, so he's a magician archetype. So <clears throat> he identifies as a sage. He says, I'm the sage. I said, well, that's just another term for magician. It's just another way to see the world, the sage. Mm -hmm. Yes, the sage is the one that all they care about is wisdom. Mm. That's their only currency of the sage. Yeah. The sage has achieved and walked the worldly path to see how hollow it really is. Yeah. But the wisdom that's gained from the hollowness, in fact, makes the hollowness have great currency. Yeah. That you have to have that disenchantment. And so the sage is very magical, very powerful, in that they are able to help other people um, move through the disenchantment and not from judgment or superiority as the sage moves very patiently as they age and they go through the world in their latter years, being able to understand that it's not our job to make unconscious awaken itself. Ooh. That's impossible. No, no archetype can do that. No. The only thing we can do is be there when the unconscious is starting to shatter Ooh. and light shining through and you're Ooh. able to be there to help it fully awaken in and of itself. Um, and again, that is a magical place to be uh, as far as almost a midwife of spirit to allow universe continue, to continue to birth and recognize itself and to fully awaken in its own conscience in different vibrations and in this 3D, 3D, 3D vibration. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, you know, um, when I think of the magician, I think of the alchemist. Mm -hmm. I think of transforming something into something else. I think of the transformation process. Mm -hmm. I think of how uh, poison is used as medicine. Um, I'm thinking about how energy is used against energy. I'm thinking about, you know, there's nothing crazy that you say, because we know that in CERN, they've been bombarding particles that they can't see towards each other at massive speeds mm -hmm. to try to figure out what's the smallest particle. They keep going yeah. lower. So God particle. Huh? Yeah, the God particle. So they've been, they've been searching They've been searching for something that is unseen, mm -hmm. not part of this reality, but it creates this reality, which is mm -hmm. fascinating always, right. that as not part of this reality is actually the creator of this reality. And I think the archetypes are the same. Mm -hmm. They are not part of this reality, but they're the creators of this reality. Yes. Um, yeah, I think you're speaking very truthfully there that a lot of people in their left brain consciousness want permission. Ooh. to allow magic in yeah that they feel they are losing control if they allow the unexplainable 
yeah. to live and thrive in this world. Yeah. That it gives them great concern because they cannot control it. They cannot contain it. And that terrifies a lot of people because they want to be able to understand everything they see. Yeah. And as we all know, the cliche, people fear what they don't know or don't understand. And that is really at the essence when people are drastically searching for the God particle or the atheist says, I will not believe until I am given true evidence. Yeah. Empirical evidence that can be replicated or duplicated. And the magician laughs and said, <laughs> um, that's the antithesis of what magic is. Yeah. Magic cannot be duplicated or replicated to look exactly the same every single time. No. But here's something that's magical. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in an athletic perspective. Everywhere I went around the world uh, in a 40-minute game, it's like the coaches just knew you only play Lance Allred 28 minutes a game mm. and in those 28 minutes per game i averaged 16 points and 10 rebounds in every league around the world what that shows at the surface level oh lance is consistent he's a pro but what that says to me i didn't play with my hearing aids and again i was in my own little bubble in my own little world that it was not replicated or duplicated at a scientific data level as far as did every game I play were all my buckets and shots the exact same? Mm. No. Mm. But somehow, some way, the magician continues to bring it into the world, even if it cannot be fully explained. Mm. And so when you see those great athletes that are in fact magicians, the ones that consistently score like the same amount of points every single night, how are they doing it? They're channeling magician archetype that mm -hmm. a lot of the MBA, the masters in business that are trying to take control of the NBA, they're yeah. trying to move into the heart centered into the mystical and they're trying to control it with numbers and they're trying to castrate or minimize the athlete and the magician by saying, I can put your magic inside of a stat sheet i could quantify it i can quantify you yeah and the athlete says with the big heart you will never be able to quantify me yeah. just like the magician says yeah. steady all you want put all the fancy wristbands and mm. um, smart watches on my body that you want you think you can try to quantify me but you cannot because when you step into the zone as the athlete knows as the magician knows when you are in the zone in that meditative state when you try to quantify it, you lose the magic. Yes, absolutely. You can't, uh, you can't force it. Magic is never forced. No. Magic is a gift. It comes from the universe. And the only way to access it is to be open to the universe. Being close to the universe does not help you access magic. It will not happen. Mm -hmm. Magic has to be given by the universe. Mm -hmm. That means that you're... you're your true colors have to come out before you receive mm -hmm. magic. Um, and but you also have to move into not a child archetype, but into a childlike state of wonder, yeah. where it's not your you don't really even have permission mm. to ask how or why. Mm. Yeah. And I know this is going to drive a lot of left brain people crazy. No, but they, I agree with you. This is an important point. They think they're entitled to know. Yeah, this is an important point. 
But the magician fully understands I am entitled to nothing. Yes. And that allows me to get out of my own way yeah. and let magic shine through me, not for me or to me or yeah. by me, but through me. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, yes, absolutely. Because uh, to, um, to question is to not to believe, mm -hmm. to argue is not to know. Um, to know is not to understand. So there's all these kind of... That's beautiful what you said. Understanding yeah. is far more cosmically aligned yeah. than knowing. Yeah. And then you have to move into a space where you release all those things, as you said, in a childlike state of just wonder. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just, this is wonderful. This is amazing. This is happening more than, um, I wonder what's going to happen next, or mm -hmm. I wonder if I can monetize this or make money off this, or yeah. Can I predict, you know, could I do some card tricks with this or? <clears throat> yeah, can I, can I build my email list with this? And <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so here's another thing you have to understand too. A lot of people, and I am guilty of it just as much as anybody. I think we all are guilty someone, of something. Yes, we are. <laughs> as someone who does astrological archetypal work, as much as we like it or not, there are some avatars that are coded to manifest or create more money than others. Mm. It is not a reflection of your worth or your value. Mm. Again, as we said last week, when you move into your role, your archetypal strengths, you have to understand that a Camelot needs several different archetypes to live and to thrive. Correct. That if we're all billionaires, then Correct. a billionaire becomes a wash. It becomes irrelevant. The universe is no longer balanced. Every time yeah. there's more of one something or somebody hoards more of something mm -hmm. or somebody takes more from other people of something, the universe is unbalanced. And that's why I think that the vibration that you're talking about that's waking a lot of us up mm -hmm. um, is happening. Right. There is an imbalance in this universe. There is something going on that we right. know something is not right. Something is wrong. Something is not right. And so yeah. here's the thing is when what we understand, the magician sees that money is simply energy that has been able to be channeled down into a vibrational, into a currency yeah. that, that some have been able to figure out, usually for many generations, been able to yeah. harness it and then hold on to it mm. and then create the scarcity yeah. and uh, monopolize it. And so just because... And here's important, just because your chart may not be coded to, quote, manifest a lot of money, yeah. does not necessarily mean that you don't have magic and that here's the thing, we're moving into another energy to another era, if we're able to survive, where the, um, the measurement of success is no longer about money. 
and we will be moving out of that state um as far as how we define our value Mm -hmm. and what magical archetypes we have where i think again more people will we will be moving more into an alignment and understanding as a basketball player i always said everybody on the team is just as valuable as each other the water boy is no less important than the coach the the ball boy is no less important than the, than the than the key scorer everybody needs to be there doing their job for the team to be a dominant powerful organism entity consciousness in and of itself once you remove one the whole team can fall apart Ooh. going to show that it takes all the archetypes to create the magical chemistry that is needed to create large forces to break through and help mass consciousness move into alignment with universal um, oneness. Now, going back to the monetary thing, just because my chart shows, hey, Lance will be, Lance knows how to make money. Lance knows how to achieve things. Lance knows how to play the games. It also shows Lance is gonna lose a lot of it. And at first I thought there was like some generational curse from my grandfather to my father and like, oh, we can't be wealthy and be a man of God. Mm. No, it's more of, okay, this is an alignment for my path to have enough heartbreak to let these old systems that are being um, implanted in me at a young age for them to die away faster, mm. to allow more um, soul consciousness to come through that I am able to detach myself from these dying stories, allowing me to move into a position to lead and help other people um, begin to step into their own self-actualizations, removing themselves from oppressive systems that are no longer serving masses, but only serving a very few. Mm. So it's important that we recognize, okay, when we get tempted or lost in the narrative that, oh, I'm not generating enough money because I am not tapping into the law of attraction and I have blocks around my R and my chi and all that new age shit. It can simply be you're not coded to do that. And they want you to be tempted into believing that narrative, just like the cryptocurrency market people want you to buy into cryptocurrency because it raises the value of what they've already put in. Mm. The same thing is happening still at the monetary level, whether it's because crypto magicians or cash. Created cryptocurrency. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's dark magicians who are behind cryptocurrency. Absolutely. They have and their they fingers all over AI. They, they have their fingers all over AI. Absolutely. Yeah. So, they, they, you don't think the AI manipulates the value of the currency? Oh, absolutely, they do. That's, that, that, that's why yeah. dark magicians are the ones behind it. Absolutely, yeah. it's dangerous and nasty, and it's tapping into people's um, brainwashing that our worth is attached to how much money I have in my bank account. Yeah, they're basically using your own patterns against you. Absolutely, they're telling you that your pattern is wrong. So what Lance is saying is that if you are not coded for it, which means that your pattern is not to make money, maybe it's to build things, maybe is to create gardens, maybe is to create forests, maybe is to save the forest, maybe is to fight fires, maybe it is to save lives. That's what he means by coding. 
It's a pattern. We all have these patterns because as you said, Camelot was not built by the knights. It was built by the people who did everything else. The ones who brought the water, the ones who fed the horses, the ones who kept the gates locked, the ones who created more children and grew the, uh, the kingdom. Um, there are different tasks. There's people who fed them. There were people who created things for them. There are people who made clothes for them. There are people who made um, armor for them. There are people who uh, slaughtered the, the animals for them so they could eat. So everyone was essential. Yeah. Yeah. We're all essential, I think, is what we're both yes. saying to our listeners that we we're are all essential. essential. And the imbalance has occurred in a capitalist world that says the one with the most toys at the end wins. Yeah. That if yeah, which is destroying enough, the planet. It is. Yeah. And so that's where the imbalance has happened. And because we have been brainwashed with enough commercials that I need this, I need this, and I need this, and that means I'll be happy and I will be fulfilled. Yeah. That we have been urbanized to work in um, one-dimensional jobs that have taken us away from wilderness, that have taken and us away from thinking in a one-dimensional way. Absolutely. Having only one way to look at things, not being able to see a variety of different options in front of us, mm -hmm. not being able to see the full spectrum of everything that's going on. It's right. like, oh, no, you need to look here. Uh, how old are you? Why don't you have this much saved up? What are you mm -hmm. doing with your life? Why don't you have a career? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it's all about cutting the spectrum. It's all telling you that you only have this small of a window to look through and then you die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of that generation that was born through the 20s, through the 60s, Pluto was in Leo. Mm. Pluto and Leo is the house of creativity. Mm. The fifth house is the house of childlike wonder and expression, leadership, but also creative expression. What Leo wants you to express and Pluto, the god of death and rebirth. He was running amok in the house of Leo, mm. killing individual expression. And so mm. the generations of the baby boomers yeah. and the Dust Bowl, they yeah. were devoid and they were castrated from creative expression. And that yeah. became the standard because we emerged victorious in World War II and became the leader of the world. That became the standard that said, okay, because we're in charge, because we're the last country standing, basically, mm. it obviously must mean God is with us. And how did we do it? All right, we became uniform. Mm. Yeah, we That's killed, we killed, we killed what made us unique. We did. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. And there was a necessity to do that to simply survive. But again, yeah. those armies only survived because people knew their roles. Correct. But when we take that, we took that military linear um, way of thinking, and then we made it completely universal as far as everybody needs to wear a suit and a tie and look exactly the same at work. Yeah. Um, but what that has happened when there was a moment, okay, when we're in a war and our very existence depends on uniformity, there's a time and a place for it where we sacrifice all identity. But again, the archetypes were there, everyone fulfilling their small singular duties. But we've forgotten that, okay, the necessity of those archetypes to be able to do what they need to do is important. But instead, we've wiped out the archetypes and said everybody needs to simply be a grunt worker at a corporate job 
and get a paycheck and go home and they'll be happy and all their dreams will come true. But that has killed, again, archetypal growth, archetypal expression, which has then allowed a lot of the money and the middle class to die out as that money is now being funneled to uh, the top 1%. Yeah. And what, what that's creating is the imbalance that we're talking about. Right. Because people have been shunned from their archetypes. They have been pushed. They have been. So when I talk about the range of color that you could see in the spectrum, they've also made you only look at one type of color. They want you to move in one type of way. They want you all to look the same. They want you all to dress the same, as Lance said. And they want you all to do the same and worship the same things. Right. You worship money. You worship. Uh, if we worship money, if we worship money, we make their money more valuable. Yes, we're worshiping them basically. Absolutely. When we idolize Elon Musk, yes, and we put every quote of his, and we say that oh, because Mark Cuban is a billionaire, everything he says must be gospel because yeah. the law of attraction, New Age movement says it focuses so much on material things that I can attract a lot of money into my life. So that is what you should be valuing too. Musk, Musk is a dark magician. I've seen Musk. I've seen him oh, on YouTube. Sure. I've, I've watched him speak and his um, what he comes up with. Only a magician understands the way he yeah. weaves his, his argument. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so even the new age um, designers, <clears throat> even the new age engineers were in many ways dark magicians. Yes. Because they were taking sacred truths, but they were contorting it to, again, buy into the monetary gang. Because we're going to take sacred truths to let you know that you really should be making money. That's the most important thing you should be doing right now. Yes. So we're going to show you that if you take universal truths, that you're going to make more money. So therefore, you can be like everybody else. But now that will, again, allow our own money to become more valuable because you want what we have. Yeah. And so it's important for us to understand, okay, I see the value that I am creating by buying into systems. Yeah. And I can fight against the system and give it more power. Yeah. Or the magician says, I can just take my ball and go somewhere else. I'll create another system for myself to work at. Absolutely. Yeah. So go, go yeah. on. Man. No, I, I, that's, yeah. that's so much. And that is where I realized, looking back, that I have a lot of magician as a basketball player, mm -hmm. that I would continually be dismissed from teams after I was first called the team captain, because mm -hmm. I was able to bring everybody together, understanding mm -hmm. archetypes, creating a safe space for these archetypes to move into a dynamic where everyone was able to fully express themselves on a mm -hmm. basketball team. But then the coach who was playing the game of wealth and power Ooh. saw that wait i can't control lance that means he's going to take the team away from me Ooh. which was never my intention yeah because coaches are usually king archetypes right they try to control all the other archetypes yeah. they try to dictate the way they move and the way they are not always but sometimes i would say they were usually more the exchequer the little the little uh whisperer behind the king that is the one that is pulling all the strings that is focused on the money and power that doesn't have the persona or the largesse of character to be a king, but they have the king's ear. So the that, wannabe kings. Yeah, the wannabe. The, 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 the wannabes, the ones who, um, who sit in the other end of the spectrum. The ones, the ones yes. who dream of these things that the kings have, but 
naturally feel it doesn't come to them. They need somebody else to use to right. get to that. Right. But that's the thing is kings don't, the king archetype naturally has those things. Yeah. And yet we're taught to want them from a scarcity mind point thinking, oh, look at all the comfort they have. But it's not easy being a king because everybody no. wants something from you. Yeah. And so you have the little Napoleon or the exchequer or the chancellor, I should say. Ooh. The chancellor is the one that's usually behind the king. That those usually are far more the coach archetypes in the basketball arenas because mm. you have the team owner, the one with all the money, paying all the all the cash out to everybody. That they he's the one that pays everyone's paycheck. So what a coach is most worried about is not winning or losing. He's worried about his job. Paycheck. Paycheck. Yeah. And so therefore, the coach has to remain, I am the one that only gets to talk to the king. Mm. That's the chancellor. Mm. I am the middleman between you and the owner. So mm. I will keep you all down here. Mm. But because Lance comes in and Lance would create a change in culture with some mm. magic, the owner would start to like me. Mm. And he'd directly contact me. The mm. king would directly contact the magician. Mm. They're always attracted, though. They can't help themselves. The king and the queen like the magicians. Always. The chancellor hates the magician. Absolutely. Because he is a threat to what the chancellor perceives. Because they're, as, not in, they're, they're not embodied. They're not. They're in shadow. They're in shadow and they're in scarcity. <clears throat> yeah. And they have politic their way. And that's how shadow feeds off them is scarcity. Absolutely. You don't have enough. You need more. You're gonna mm -hmm. you're gonna die this way. You're not gonna make it. You're yep. Yeah. And so the chancellor looks at the magician and said, It's not fair how quickly he was able to access the king. Because yeah. I had spent 20 years politicking yeah. to get access to I've been the kissing king. ass for so long I forgot what it yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, the chancellor archetype in most fairy tales, in most medieval movies you watch, is you yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. Even yeah. Um, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Um, he wasn't king, no. but he definitely was one causing a lot of chaos by yeah. suppressing a lot. They're of failed chaos. warriors, by the way, the chancellors. Absolutely. That's what they are. They're, fa they're failed warriors and they don't have... Um, they, they don't have the pride or integrity of the warrior. They do not have the integrity, yeah. no. Yeah. Because again, they have failed to see the value of their own strengths. Yeah. Which is um, the engineer, the politician in a positive way. The one that can be able to help people see different sides and help people find a common ground. Yeah. Um, the chancellor is the one that understands the tiny nuances that is required to run the fine, the fine print of what it takes to run a country, to mm. run an organization. Mm. If they would understand that is extremely valuable, it is needed. Mm. And yet, because they get so close to the sun, Apollo to the sun, they get tempted. They think they mm. want a little bit more. They want people to love them. But usually they do not have the charm that the king has to get. No, because it's their energy. I mean, the king stands in, in his or the queen stands in her energy. They don't yeah. stand if they're their true king and queen. They stand in their energy. They stand, stand in, in their, their energy power. Yeah. and they are gregarious and giving by nature. Mm. The chancellor has to balance that 
and they are stingy by nature to make sure that the kingdom will always have enough money to run. Mm. There is a necessity to it, but also usually we find that they overcorrect and become too scarce. Mm. And they, they overtax, think, they, they overtax. create scarcity, right. and right. then they create war and destruction. Exactly. Yeah. And so these archetypes, archetypes transcend, but you know, obviously a coach has a little bit different than uh, an empowered coach is far more different than, uh, you know, the shadow coach that is similar, but you get what I'm getting at. I'm showing that a lot of the Camelot, what is needed to run a kingdom, whether it's your office, whether it's a basketball team, whatever culture, you're going to have these necessary archetypes to make a unit thrive and survive. Yeah. And usually I have found, because basketball has become so monetized now, that there are so many bosses that basketball teams, an NBA team you look at is just a corporate job. Mm. And there are so many positions that the coach is nothing more than a glorified mid-level management mm. or a chancellor position. Yeah. And so recognizing this, and here's the, here's the, heart, here's the heartbreak of it, is that a lot of people, because they think they want the money, they want the power, they don't understand the necessity and the curse that each archetype or the burden that each archetype carries. Carries, yeah. Every archetype carries a sacred burden. And yeah. a lot of people are unable to see the burdens that each archetype carries. So what I'm getting at coming back full circle, each archetype is crucial is, nece is necessary is essential mm. to make camelot survive agreed with that i am dr lahab al samurai this is lance all red lance you want to say anything uh, before we go you want to well i would say um again if you have found that you've been dismissed and you're a threat to a lot of the fine print people to the hr people at work and you continually push the buttons at people that try to micromanage, uh, you probably have some magician in you. So this is our safe space. This is the magician's call. And we're calling you all out. Come join us. Come watch us. Send us messages. Send us thoughts. Send us questions. We'd love to hear your questions. We'd love to answer some of your questions and take them on. Um, and uh, we hope to see you next week for the Magician's Call. Lance, always good seeing you. And uh, we'll see you next week, okay? See you soon. All right, take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Magician's Call. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. El Samurai and Lance. We hope you will continue to join us on this journey throughout the series. If you enjoy the IFC's Magician's Call podcast, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on the Institute for Conflicts YouTube. See you again for another episode soon.